After something of a hiatus by our standards, uh, it's 2024 and we're recording a fresh Crow Jam. This is the podcast where two sisters have one hour to develop and pitch a board game concept. I'm Miriam. I'm joined, as always, by a woman who I maybe haven't seen this year. <laughs> it's my sister, Georgia. It's true. I have been very busy this year. I've got a new job as the Phantom of the Opera, and it is taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> I thought this would be like a part-time gig, but I'm basically having to be at the theatre all the time, scaring people or teaching someone to sing. Um, I don't know what what's other. I don't even understand the job. <laughs> Being darkly mysterious. Yeah. Luckily, I do that kind of naturally. Your hair is glorious today. Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've developed new techniques for adding volume to my hair. And uh, they've, uh, I might have flown a little too, <laughs> too close to the sun. <laughs> it's very 80s what's happening right now. Um, so, it's Crow Jam, and you know what that means. We are going to be rolling on our prompt table. Uh, Georgie, you got the dice? I will do in a second. <laughs> ah, nah. That's the way we normally do it. We're um, out of practice. We're I made assumptions. Uh, I'm doing it. Okay. Three. <laughs> okay. Uh, we got three. Uh, and that is... Uh, so our themes are classic fantasy, light slash dark, and mechanics, small box, 1v1. A small box 1v1 classic fantasy game with a light v dark theme. So, I mean, I feel like there's some immediate things that jump out, like, you know, the forces of good versus, versus the forces of evil. Or if you wanted to do, like, light v dark, like, day and night, like... Mm -hmm. And with it having it being two-player and there being light and dark, mm -hmm. you could split it along that so that one player is trying to do something light and one player is trying to mm -hmm. do something dark. Okay. Uh... Okay. <laughs> this is nothing, but just real quick. You know how in ancient Egyptian mythology the sun was pulled across the sky by Horus, possibly, in a chariot pulled by stag beetles? Yes. Or dung beetles. Okay. Or maybe there was just one big beetle that rolled the sun across the sky. Also... Also, also possibly yeah. true. Yeah. Anyway, so what if you live in a fantasy world where it's one player's job to roll the sun across the sky and the other player's like, you get back there? It's kind of like a hockey game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tug of war, but a push. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just putting it out there. Anyway. Uh, um, okay. I guess... If I'm imagining that, then I'm kind of imagining that there could be, like, an extension of that could be, like, the further that the sun moves from, like, A to B, it, like, casts more light on the land, and then there's kind of, like, triggered or, like, depend, you know, there are, like, spaces in the land section, and if they're lit, then they do one thing, maybe if they're dark, they do a different thing or something like that. Um... And it would be kind of based on angles, if you know what I mean. I'm kind of imagining like a <laughs> like yeah. an astronomical map 
Okay, so you know the game Wavelength, and you know how you pull the thing back to mm. reveal. Mm. Imagine a two-sided one of those, mm. so that when it's open on one side, it's closed on the other. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Oh. Okay. Or it could be like a semi-transparent overlay or something, so that like, say the it's a circular board, or a semi-circular board maybe even, with a pivoting... A section over the top that's semi-transparent that changes things, so that the further the sun across gets across the sky, the more of the dark is dispelled. Mm. What you wouldn't want that to cause was snowballing, where like as soon as you start to win as the sun player, you win all the way, kind of thing. Yeah, but um, should I? Are we immediately getting into it? I was just opening the clock so that I, I have it ready. I have my timer ready as well. So. Oh, okay. Um, yes. I guess that th- this is one of the more restrictive sets of prompts I feel like we've had, the... especially the small box. Yeah, maybe we should have, before we really get into it, we should discuss what is and isn't a small box game. Mm-hmm. So I would say the biggest box that a small box game comes in is the box that King Domino comes in. I think if your box is bigger than that, it's a medium box game. Yeah, I'm with you. There are lots of games that fit that size of box. Um, including lots of two-player games like Seven Wonders Jewel or Patchwork or things like that. And you can go smaller than that and then you're definitively a small box game. Mm. Um, and there's some great games that come in small boxes. We're quite big fans of games that come in small boxes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, small box is quite an interesting thing because it's not necessarily saying like few components. You can have loads of components. They've just got to be small or squishable or... Yeah, Oink games do this really nice frequently. If you've played like Deep Sea Adventure or even Kariba, like you open this small box, it's like a large matchbox and you're like, damn, <laughs> there's so much stuff, stuff in here. here. <laughs> um, so f- for example... Before you started talking about, you know, the casting light on the land and stuff, I was sort of imagining, I cannot think what this game is called, but there's a game that's about, like, a king's parade oh, kind of thing. Do you know what a visit? I... Yes, and that's got a rollout strip, mm. right? Like a fabric. It's a bit of a tug-of-war game, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That It really is that. Um, you're yeah, you're like trying to get the king or like noticeables of the court to visit your end of the board, and you you play cards and they affect um, placement in different ways. Um, that is quite an interesting tug of war game. So, what do we think? Can we talk about some kind of like? Is it a game that scores? Is there like a a flat win condition? If there is a flat win condition, is it just like having the sun on your end of the board? Is that too straightforward? What I was imagining was a game where you win either by making it day or by making it night. So mm-hmm. the the light, maybe you have to play two games as well or something. Like each player has to play as the dark player and the light player. Mm. That would allow for a lot of ties. <laughs> 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 but, um, maybe that's the point. Uh, right. Um, so it would be like you're doing something that is pushing the sun one way or the other, mm. but maybe it starts in the middle mm. and you are either trying to get it all the way. It's like sunset or sunrise and you're either trying to get it all the way over 
so that it's all the way day or the opposite player is trying to be like no back to bed mr sun we're having none of this <laughs> maybe there's an element of like precision to it like you can swing too far like you can be pushing the sun towards your end but if your number is too high oh, you know the light comes back around the other side it's so rules. <laughs> do you know do you know what i mean i know exactly what you mean so like you you would go off like you would set the sun too hard and it would rise again yeah or you would rise the sun too fast and it would set again because if we're dealing with two basically like hemispheres one which is light and one which is dark that's kind of how it would work like you're you're just trying you're trying to get the edge to like really line up but if you go at all too far like the other hemisphere is going to come back at you um <laughs> Should I start the timer? Yeah, I think we should probably start the timer. Okay. Um, what's going to make this game interesting? Yeah, it's... I feel... What I was imagining as you were talking about that, if it was the precision thing, it's this would be very nerdy, but what would make the game interesting would be maths. Okay. It would be like you draw a hand of cards and then you discard to move the sun... But you, I don't know, you have to do it. I'm not sure exactly. That's not interesting. Mm. It needs, maybe it's like more of a take that thing. Like Mm -hmm. you can mess with the other player. Okay. So maybe. Do you remember that knitting game we designed that was, it was cooperative and it was about like handing off cards. (laughs) Handing off cards to one another. Which I don't think we actually named during the episode, but (laughs) we retrofitted a good name for it. But what if it had something like that? So, like, you insert cards into the other player's hand or something. Okay. I'm not sure what that would achieve. Can I talk about something I'm imagining? Yes. I think that this would involve the board being quite heavily divided, which the further we go with that, the further it gets from being a small box game but um i bet we can come up with a small box solution when you started talking about a maths game Which i is. <laughs> i started thinking about um dice manipulation games mm, quite yes. niche but like games where you're rolling dice trying to get a result and you have abilities that will let you do something to a die like flip it over or you know add one yeah, like, like we, we've we talked about this type of thing before. We did a bit of this in Stack Shake, did we? Ooh. Or did we talk about doing it in Stack Shake and then not do it? Oh, yeah, no, I think we did talk about it and then we, we landed on the, the dungeon thing relatively late. But there could be something like that. And then another thing that I have seen is boards where a space that you land on kind of has like a boost or a multiplier like you you land on that space and like either positively or negatively for you it just moves you like a, a certain number of spaces forward or something like snakes and ladders yeah basically so there would be it would maths would be included in kind of the strategy of like making your dice work and potentially utilizing or avoiding the spaces on the board that are gonna so the precision would come in sort of two ways. Yes. What I think I like about what we're starting to get at is that it's something we almost never do, which is a little bit of a mechanics first game. Mm. Like ultimately, the theme doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about right now. 
Mm. It's more of a like, you know, you put a, a, some light theming onto an abstract game. But I quite like... So thinking about... Are we still thinking about a round board? That's still what I'm imagining. So it would be a round board that had a slot where the sun pl- where the day player wins and a slot where the night player wins and they would be diametrically opposite one another mm. um so how you could do that as a small box and still have it be legible is to chop it up into wedges that you then assemble yeah pizza style mm-hmm. uh which i think is absolutely fine and then you're doing dice manipulation would you have the option to and and there would be spaces that would shoot you forwards or shoot you back would you have the option to affect the other player's dice rolls or affect the other player? Good question. So a second step that I've taken in my imagination since we started talking about it is that a lot of the spaces... You could start with like no manipulation abilities and a lot of the spaces could be simply about unlocking a certain ability for yourself. Like you can land there, now you have the ability to do flip one die or something okay now i don't know exactly how this would work but could you i this would need thought could you make it so that the powers that were to do with messing with your opponent's play were on say the night side of the board Ah. and the powers to do with advantaging yourself on the day side of the board and you're sort of like so there would be a reason to go into the opposite side of the board Mm. if you needed to Okay, this is where my powers of visual imagination yeah, <laughs> start to struggle. <laughs> I, I am also struggling at this point. Because do we do you have do you have a placement on the board, or is it purely rotating the segments, which is the whole movement of the game? Um, and if so, I guess there would be like. So there, I was imagining that there was a single piece. This was a that there was just one piece, which is just this round orange <laughs> sun. Mm. And you just take it in turns to move it. Okay. Okay, so that's what it is that I'm... That's where I've been getting a bit, like, trying to... I've been trying to work out, like, okay, what's the what's the point of this game? Like, why wouldn't you just, like, slam dunk it into your goal as soon as you possibly could? And it's because your opponent is also moving the same piece. So you're not <laughs> going to be able to slam dunk it into the goal as soon as you possibly can. So there's going to be, like, a tug of war going on. So it wouldn't need to be a full circle, then, if we didn't want it to be it would just be i mean it could be manifested as a straight line but we could also do it as a semicircle for like pleasing Mm. aesthetic conditions but the semicircle is what makes it yeah if we wanted to do it as a straight line we could just make it like you know like hardcore snakes and ladders rules like you can't win unless you get the precise number you need and if you and it's like wrap around if you go off the edge then it ends up at the other end yeah i think that might work like for pac-man rules Mm mm-hmm um, you could also do something that's kind of in the middle, kind of like a rainbow shape, like an arc, mm-hmm. so that it sort of represents, you know, the travelling across the sky in a way. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so it's not a boring straight line, but it's also not a bulky circle. And that could be packed in like four quadrants that you... Or it could be a fabric strip. Yeah. You could roll it up. Oh, yeah. Like a cone. <laughs> like a cone. <laughs> like a little one of those ice cream rolls. Yeah. We could make it out of neoprene. Mm. I don't think we've made a game with a neoprene... I mean, we've never made a game. I don't think we've described a game with a neoprene component before. <laughs> so again, I guess we would either have dice with lower numbers or 
the strip would have quite a lot of segments to make it unlikely enough that you could you know like that like just dice luck could get you there in the first couple of turns yes um well so for example i'm just saying this because it's like a day theme it could have 24 segments and mm-hmm. you could put it on the line between 12 and 13 mm. as the first move and then maybe the players flip for who's the first player yeah i guess you could have 25 segments with the middle one being kind of true neutral like mm. Um, yes and that way you can't win even if you roll double sixes but i do wonder whether we want to do something slightly different with the dice i think you might want to as well including yeah like it could be a guys that dice that's like one like two ones three twos and a three or something yeah it does slightly or is a zero in there yeah it's just when when you're doing dice manipulation a lot of the options come to you from f- from the the sort of orientation of a normal d6. So here's a possible idea, rather than taking turns, mm. and I'm not sure how this... I, I could see this having evolving gameplay, but I don't have it just yet. What if you r- roll your dice at the same time, both players roll at the same time, mm-hmm. and then the sun moves according to the like plus or minus... Uh, that that creates so like the dark player would roll negative numbers and the light player would roll positive numbers and they'd start out with balanced dice Uh uh-huh i guess um and maybe they would each have one power that they start with okay what um what direction does the sun move sorry because if 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 the sun just moves a number of spaces according to a number it has to have a set direction so you so it would move towards daytime i suppose so this is so let's imagine that i'm the nighttime player and you're the daytime player and mm-hmm. we're just rolling standard d6s mm. so you roll a uh, 4 which would move it four towards mm. your side mm-hmm. and i roll a 2 moving it two back for a net gain of 2 to okay you. yeah um I'm not sure if that's any good, but it's, it makes it feel more like, you know, you're pushing on one side of the sun and I'm pushing on the other. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can kind of imagine if, if like, I can try for, like, a thing that does that, but slightly differently. You were saying roll, you roll your dice simultaneously. What if you roll, each roll two dice, then take it in turns. So one person chooses one dice and then they and they can be thinking about what the next person the numbers that the other person has and where they're going to land and you and you go like one die night one die day one die day yeah no that really works if the board then has yeah like powers you can gain then you can make tactical decisions mm. and you can even be thinking about like i could land on that spot unlock that power and use it on the die that i still have waiting for me this round that's really good now are the powers printed onto the mat do we think so they're always in the same place or is this something where like maybe it's just a little symbol that says like pick one from the face up cards or something like that we could have like a little pool uh, like like a shop Mm. Uh... maybe there was you know i was talking about there being like powers that advantage you versus powers that disadvantage your opponent those could be represented by a sun or a moon and then you could land on one of either of those types. So 
Mm. Maybe if you're Sun Player, you can use Sun Powers as an ongoing thing, but Night Powers you can only use once. And vice versa. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I'm sticking too many rules in here, but... What I'm slightly thinking is that you would want to distribute them evenly throughout, I guess. Mm. Like, there would never be any reason for the Sun Player to move the piece towards the moon side of the board. No, unless they were aiming for a real specific thing because because we have the sort of condition of, of precision of like reaching the exact right number to, to reach your end. There could be circumstances where it would work. Like if it was move one and get the power that allows me to double the result of my other die or something... Yes, so this is what I, I'm trying to figure out. Because as I have described the game so far, the Sun player cannot move in the moon direction. Their okay. dice go one way and the other person's dice go the other way. And I think that would mean possibly that the Sun player could never tactically decide to pick up something on the moon side. But it does mean that they could create a scenario where the moon player would land on a particular square you know they could like set them up in such a way that that's where they're guaranteed going to end up Mm. now in that regard what you could do is when a move lands the sun on a thing that gets you a power you both take it okay but the moon player would so let's say you pick up a moon power Mm -hmm. the moon player would get it yeah, like socketed, like permanently, and the sun player would get to use it once. Okay. And they would indicate that they were using their opponent's want- power once by putting a token on it. Okay. To show they'd used it. Yes. I'm into that. I think that there's some quite fun stuff going on where, um, yeah, like tactically, if you have a decision about which ways you can move rather than always moving one way if you're the sun player... Sometimes it's going to be like, you can see that your opponent has potentially set themselves up up for a win, assuming that they're in a particular space on their turn. You can deliberately go the opposite way so that they then have that number, but it just isn't, it isn't gonna get them precise. Or it would go too far and bring like your side back around the other end or whatever. Yes. Um... I have a question. Mm -hmm. So what we're imagining, I think, is like this arc where let's number them 1 to 25. Or no, let's number them 0 to 24. That at 0, the moon player wins. If you get the sun, if you kick it all the way over to 0, it wins. Mm. And if you kick it all the way over to 24, the other player Mm. wins, the sun player wins. Now, let's say you are at position 2 and you roll enough to get you into the zero position so you roll two mm-hmm. you wouldn't win if you roll three do you put it into 24 and the other player immediately wins <laughs> so this is also what i was having the same i think question from a different direction in my mind because this is actually mechanically different to what we were describing with the rotating mm. hemispheres because like if you imagine a black semicircle that's like almost completely covered on one side and then it rotates 30 degrees and like a little bit of day 
peeks out on the opposite side to where day was before that's like dark is still dominating yes whereas in the like arc situation if the sun moves all the way back around to the other side of the board that's like it's now way more day than it was night yes that is true (laughs) sorry listener (laughs) but on the other hand i think it still works for balance i think Mm. because even in so with the exception that you obviously want to avoid a situation where you accidentally score a massive own goal i Mm. think the potential to score a big own goal does kind of work Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could, um, like, if you kick it very slightly past, so you, you overshoot by one or two, mm. you increase the likelihood of your opponent overshooting when they have their turn on the next turn. Yeah, true. Especially if we're rolling. Yeah. Okay, I think that we... Because I I feel like I want to argue for you only being able to move your piece in your direction. Because otherwise people will never overshoot. They'll pull back rather than... True. Yeah, maybe you can only move your direction. And then that makes it more of this, like, Mm. pushing thing. It's a a simple-ish strategy game, but where there's a lot of thinking about the like opportunities and the what's it's got a little bit of like a chess like Mm. (laughs) it's like chess Uh, (laughs) but you know like you have to think like if i do that my opponent could Mm. do that so being the player to go first so say you're you know going like i play my i choose my first dice you choose yours i choose mine then you choose you use your remainder um then it's um what am I trying to say? Like, going first isn't necessarily an advantage because it gives you more to more options to respond to my first move. Mm. I'm just going to put this out there. Um, it could be that we don't roll two dice and choose. It could be drafting. We roll four dice and alternate and just take it in turns to be first player. Oh, okay. That would open up the possibility space, but potentially... Yes, it's it's essentially similar, but with like sort of one to two more choices, slightly more optionality. Yeah, more thinking, <laughs> which I don't think uh, is a bad thing. Slightly it's... less chance. It makes it a little bit more more tactical while still retaining the element of chance. Mm. Um, the comparison that I was going to make is to a game called Kern, which has which is a movement strategy game like chess or check. It's really simple. I've seen a review of it, I think. But basically the way that you use actions changes. Um, So if you move orthogonally on your your turn, you like flip over that movement tile and on your opponent's turn, they can move diagonally. So that's the thing it makes me think of. It's the game which most evokes that like, oh, I need to think carefully about what I do and how it, like affects both me and my opponent and then the idea that you can obtain power cards which you can use at any time but your opponent can always use once Mm. is quite good to me Mm -hmm. like now do you think that those exist in the like halves of the board or is it just you land it Mm. 
What I was imagining was... So do you mean, like, the powers? Yeah. So let me describe how I think it would happen. On the side of the board that's more blue-toned, that's, like, the dark player's winning side, there would be four moon symbols. Mm -hmm. And on the side that goes towards the sun, there would be four sun symbols. Now, generally speaking, only the moon player would pick up the moon symbols because that's on their mm-hmm. side and only the sun player would pick up the sun symbols then there would be but sometimes it might be that it's the sun player's turn but the the like token is a long way into the night segment so they can move their way they still have the opportunity to land on a moon symbol but yeah. they might try to avoid it I think they might want to gain it I think okay. it's unclear but yes I hadn't thought about that that is true so then they would, you would have two types of dice manipulation power cards. I think they'd be really simple, you know, uh, flip a dice or flip your opponent's dice, mm-hmm. re-roll a dice, uh, add one, minus one, mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Yeah, and it maybe be two separate decks even, like a dark one and a light one. Yeah, so that's, that, that's yeah. what I think it would be. So then when, you, when it is your turn and you land on a power, you take that card and you put it in front of you. Mm-hmm. Which, and you can then use it when you roll a dice. You can then use it. Okay. So, so the sun we... player can gain a moon power permanently. It just depends on whether you got it on your turn? Yes. Okay. It's, so yeah, when you, if you get it on your turn, it becomes yours. Okay. Then you also each have like a small stash of tokens. It would You'd only need a maximum of four that mm. represent your mm. ability. Uh, and that, so represent you using someone else's power once yes. so you just put the token on there to say like i've used that one and i've burnt my use of it yeah um so that when you gain a power it's like oh this is good news for me but then you also have to think like oh my opponent hasn't used that one of my powers yet mm. you could even have one that's like uh rev- like your opponent moves in your direction mm. no that would be so bad to have the permanent <laughs> power <laughs> yeah no i think maybe they should all be dice yeah, related. I think they should all be dice related. Um, um, now, it does raise the question of how this works if we do the dice drafting version versus the players having their own dice uh, version. You know, like, because the idea of, like, flip your opponent's dice. I guess then you could just have... You could actually have two different powers, one of which is flip a die in the pool mm. versus obtain a die, then flip it. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. So you could either prevent your opponent, you know, you're like, oh man, they really need that four, I'll turn it into a three. Mm. Or you think, damn, I really need a three, let me get that four. Yes. (laughs) And then flip it. Yes. Yeah. And that's especially powerful if it's like the last draft, but it's also useful because we're talking about like a precise landing scenario. It can be just like, I need to get this number out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think the spaces on the track are just for picking up card powers and we want to throw out the window the thing I was talking about with, like, movement boost squares. I th- I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. But I'm, I'm happy to revisit the movement boost squares. I think they don't make sense in the version of the game as we're talking yeah, about it now. Yeah, something a little bit simpler than mm. our initial 
yeah i especially i just feel like if you had like you know like arrows on spaces that send you a number of spaces forward or back like it would just require there to be more segments in the board yeah. i think I, th- I think the segments in the board sort of reflect in the hours of the day is mm. what what i think is neat mm. this seems complete-ish yeah i feel like it's another one where we've kind of got there <laughs> like 25 minutes i'm surprised i i won't lie it i was worried with the initial set of prompts just because it felt quite restrictive we haven't done some anything too classic fantasy with it i wonder if we talk a little bit more about the the theming and the visuals maybe now there would be the... some fun mythology going on yeah yeah like... i think that's where i'd like to go because obviously my inspiration was some egyptian mythology which i'm not very knowledgeable mm. about and i i wouldn't want to make a game about egyptian mythology even if i was quite knowledgeable about it um i just don't think it's kind of firstly i think there's enough of those type of games and i also think there's enough of those type of games made by people who aren't egyptian (laughs) and are instead mad german (laughs) so mad german my favorite kind of german so yeah maybe we think a little bit about you know like what would be like maybe you're the the dragons of the morning and the night or something you know like something that's more classic fantasy past guest anna i'm just going to mention this um is is Latvian and and me and Georgia have some Latvian heritage and she made us an amazing lino print Christmas card which was some um, figures of like Latvian folklore that represent like the winter and the summer one's a goat and one's a wolf Uh, oh I think that's pretty cool super it was a really nice card Um, uh, so that's that's like an example of that kind of um, like symbology yeah, so we would come up with, yeah, there's like two animals. There's kind of like an animal that wants it to be daytime and an animal that wants it to be nighttime. But they're these kind of like mega mythological figures. You know, they're like mm. as big as houses and they roll the sun across the sky or they, you know, drag the drag the darkness up from over the horizon. Mm. So what is a good animal for the daytime? We don't actually have... A lot of our mammals are really nighttime guys <laughs> well they honestly they've got the right idea the night time is the right time um yeah what are our good diurnal diurnal mammals they don't have to be what if we had a mammals. bird and a bat bird and a bat pretty good like uh like a bit yeah like a golden sunbird and a mm. or i mean it could just be two different types of bird like uh oh a tawny owl or a, and, yeah. or a barn owl yeah, like an owl and a a bird that likes to sing in the morning. Mm. <laughs> I feel like could do. You could also just do two animals that are crepuscular, but like at different ends of the day, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a a dawn animal and a dusk animal. Um, what do I think would be pretty cool? Like, I don't know. You could have like a big stag that's got the sun caught in his antlers. Oh. And I think that might be something I might have got that from somewhere. And a really sleepy giant bear, big sleepy badger. <laughs> a big, uh, you know what? I think this game needs a big sleepy badger. <laughs> um, okay. So yeah, th- there's like a. I uh, I feel like maybe birds are the way to go. Okay. Like, what's a good? What's your favorite diurnal bird? Um. Gosh. I like a lot of the birds of prey. 
Yeah, maybe it would want to be a bird of prey just if it's so acting like, opposite an owl, I feel yeah, like. Like an eagle or um, like a kestrel. A, a golden eagle. A kestrel's one of my favourite bops. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the kestrel and the owl. Um, yeah. All right. And they're just like, it's almost like they're holding like a blanket in their talons and kind of moving it over the sky. That's the... Oh, damn. That's the mythology. That's fun. Uh, okay. And what's it called? Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about how we imagine it looking. Because I do have kind of a sense of what I think it would look like. So it's this semicircular or like it's an arc, right? Like it's uh, a strip that's shaped like a, a semicircle. There's got to be a word for this, like a rainbow. Yeah, <laughs> Help yeah. me out, gang. <laughs> I'm sure arc. There's, there's a maths word for this thing um, that is subdivided and has quite clear subdivisions. But then I think you could do kind of a color gradient across those subdivisions from like a darkish blue to a, a warmish gold mm. uh, so that it feels like getting more daytime or more nighttime. And I think I would have that be fabric so that we can roll it up like we talked about. Mm. Then I think the piece is just a wooden disc. Yeah. The cards are either yellow for sun powers or blue for night powers. Mm. There's little icons on the board that would just be little suns or moons. Yeah. And then the players also have little, you know, stamped out cardboard mm. suns and moons. That's all the parts. So I think that would fit in a get in a box, like... I don't know, slightly larger than a deck of cards, basically. Yeah. We've made a small box game, for sure. Nice. Um, okay. And what about, like, illustration or what have you? Like, if is how representative are our Kestrel and Owl? Are they, like... I think they would be, like, line art. Maybe even white line mm-hmm. art or something. Kind of like, you know how... Um constellations are sometimes represented where you'll have like the dots of the stars in there and then a very imaginative person has been like look it's a bear like, <laughs> they haven't just joined up the lines they've like yeah drawn the outline so something kind of like that that's sort of what i was imagining as well um and i am into that and what's our game called uh i want to say it's called something like sun myth or Nightbird. Nightbirds. Uh... <laughs> um i don't know if it was a badger, we could have done like a set pun, like sunset, but it's <laughs> didn't do a badger. <laughs> um, I feel like I I kind of want it to be like to ha- maybe have myth or story in mm. the name sky story. Yeah, story um, blanket um, or something to do with pushing. Like I don't know, just push the sun or oh. A name like that would be quite nice. Like, uh, yeah. Chase the Sun. Chase the Sun I quite like. Sun um, Chasers or Sun sun Movers. Sun sun Pushers. Sun Dribblers. <laughs> sun Dunkers. <laughs> Basket Sun. <laughs> I like Sun Movers. Um... Yeah, I'm I'm fine with sun sun movers. I don't think it's like our best name ever, but no, this doesn't really feel like a game with a pun name though. No, it's it feels like it should have like a really serious name that like refers to the mythology. Mm. Like, uh, unfortunately, dusk to dawn is already taken. I keep feel I feel like every so often I'll be like, 
If only for Robert Rodriguez, we could have called this game Dusk to Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't for that guy and his good friend, Quentin N. Tarantino. Okay. Um, Sunball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sun... Free kick. (laughs) (laughs) I want to do something with, like, Dawn and Sundown. Or something, you know, like dawn to down. Oh, um, birds have down. <laughs> only baby birds. Or do normal birds have down? Eider ducks do. Uh, I think that some birds have down, like on their chest, and keep them warm. Mm. Um, like sky something, sky oh. change, like a sea change. Sky change? Sky change? Let's go with sky change. It's All fine. Right. It's not our best. Yes. Um, um, well, we've, uh, as always, well, not always, definitely not as always, but as we often have recently, I think we've wrapped it up in quite good time. So I'll do a really quick recap. Sky change is a two-player game with a light sort of mythology theming about the deities that move the sun across the sky. It's a sort of of tug-of-war slash push-of-will kind of game using dice rolls and dice manipulation. Uh, Each player can only move the sun in one direction, but it's got sort of Pac-Man rules where if you overshoot your target, you end up in the enemy's end zone. Um, You are looking for precision. There's dice drafting so that you can interfere with the other player's rolls and... You can use powers uh, to... You can gain and use powers to affect your dice rolls, but your opponent will also gain a one-time use of that power. So it's a very balanced kind of design. Designed. I still kind of like the idea that maybe you have to play it once as the sun player and once as the moon player to have played a full game, because I think it might be quite quick play. I also think that, and I think that's nice, doing like one... Yeah. And then maybe it's like... Even if that does facilitate a lot of ties, mm. I think that's kind of fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we've uh, we've basically done it. I really quite like, like, I would play this for sure. I would play this, and it would also be one that it would be really quite easy for us to, um, to prototype. I have been thinking and discussing with some people whether we need to start prototyping a little bit more. I was looking at a boggle set on ebay the other day being like i'm gonna buy this boggle set and then it would come with the letter cubes and i could just put stickers on them so they would be the number dice oh my god we could be prototyping we could even maybe make it like a a video if we Mm. didn't mind appearing on video (laughs) which i do (laughs) anyway thank you miriam this has been a, a really good episode and a great start to 2024 which i think we are in our third year of podcasting now crazy we started this podcast at the end of 2021 mm. so yeah uh our fourth year total and <laughs> our cl- approaching our third full year damn well it's been a blast i really like making this podcast and thank you to our listener Listener numbers be damned. Yeah. <laughs> who cares if someone listens? <laughs> There's at least two or three people we know who listen. Yeah. That's all we care about. Our pals be listening sometimes. Uh, so speaking to you, listener, we'll see you in a couple of weeks for some more Grow Jam. Jam. Caw-caw. Caw-caw.